Welcome to Share Talk. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Carl Smithson, who is the CEO of Stella Diamonds. How are you today, sir? Yeah, I'm very fine. Thank you, Stephen. Well, the London listed diamond company, of which you're the CEO, focused in the West African re region, you've recently completed a placing for over £300,000 which has lifted you out of suspension. Could you give us a brief overview of what's been going on there, please? Yeah, sure. Um, we uh, we were suspended because we were undertaking a reverse takeover of um, what was deemed a larger asset in Sierra Leone. Um, we hold an asset called Tongo, and there's a neighboring asset called uh, Tonguma. And between the two of these, it covers basically the whole of the... Uh, very rich Tongo diamond fields in in that country, so um, we agreed a, a deal with the the owner of of of, of that uh, Tonguma license, but uh, the stock exchange deemed it a reverse takeover. So we were suspended when we announced this in August. So since that time, um, we've done a lot of work actually, uh, leading towards what we would have hoped would have been the uh, the completion of the RTO. Um, that would include the mine plan uh, for the for the combined resource. Uh, the resource statements for both properties, the CPR, very detailed financial model, uh, a lot of legal due diligence work, et cetera, et cetera. But it got to the end of uh, last year and we discussed with the uh, with the other party uh, another way of doing the transaction as opposed to an acquisition and a reverse takeover, which would kind of make things a little bit easier. And we agreed to agree on a new structure. Um, and so, you know, a few weeks ago, we announced that we raised a bit of money, which allowed us to get back trading on the stock exchange. We are still doing a transaction, um, but it's just under a different kind of uh, structure. So, you know, the deal's still going ahead. So in regards, obviously, to the project, I note from the RNS dated the 27th of February, that you've actually put a potential for an estimated after-tax MPV of about 104 million US dollars. Mm. Yeah, talk yeah, that's us how that's come about. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, it, it's based on all the work we've done so far, which has been independently done and signed off. I'm talking now the resource statement and the mine plan. Um, so we, we basically took that uh, information and with the consultants uh, prepared the financial uh, model. And, um, you know, it came to this 104 million, which you uh, which which you mentioned, which is currently many multiples of our uh, current market cap. Uh, but that model basically uh, encompasses a mine plan over uh, 21 years, uh, mining just in, in, an initial 4.5 million carats uh, of resource um, for that period in time. It does not include any of the other uh, carats that we target for resource on both properties and those we estimate uh, independently has been estimated at 8 million carats in addition. But the MPV that we, we announced does not include those 8 million carats and I think that's future upside that people need to be be aware of. So we ran the model, um, uh, well the, in, the consultants ran the model on a pre-tax level. We then with our uh, financial advisor Mirabeau took that to a post-tax level which took into various uh, uh, considerations of, of the fiscal uh, and, and legislation regimes in uh, Sierra Leone and also some assumptions there on uh, forward diamond pricing. So. Basically, um, you know, it's a very detailed model, um, pretty robust and, and backed up by independent uh, uh, consultants. So, you know, it is uh, it is a, a very tangible model. Carl, in relation to the differentials between a normal mine, for instance, for copper and gold, 
where you can actually work out the resource in place not a lot of people understand how you do that with a diamond mine could you talk to us about that process and thus mm -hmm. how you obviously enabled the company to have that mpv yeah amount okay, in sure. place yeah, sure. Uh, look, I mean, we've got a resource in place already for this. Um, this has been independently signed off, and this is, resource model is on the basis of a combined spend uh, so far uh, of $44 million on the properties. So, you know, a lot of work's been done here, a lot of drilling, a lot of bulk sampling. So we have, uh, you know, high levels of confidence in the resource in the ground. And then clearly it's, it's a matter of taking that resource and building a mine plan around that, um, you know, what production levels you can support, what the cost of that production is going to be and what the sales value is likely to be uh, going forward. So all of that was uh, was taken into consideration. A very detailed financial model has, has been the outcome of that. And we've applied various sensitivities analysis to that, you know, giving it, uh, you know, hitting it hard basically with, uh, you know, what if your project costs run over by 25% or if your diamond revenue is lower by 25%, et cetera, et cetera, and the model stands up. Uh, so, you know, we, we've, uh, we've got good confidence in the, uh, in the financial model and the mine plan. So looking forward for the financial model and the mine plan then, could you tell us first and foremost about the proposed tribute agreement and what that would mean for the company and thus the shareholders? Yeah, well, this is the new structure that I alluded to earlier. Um, tribute mining is is kind of a, a known thing whereby, you know, we will contract mine the, the adjacent property. So what we intend to do is what we've always intended to do is build our mine on Tongo. Um, but instead of acquiring the adjacent property, we'll use our existing uh, infrastructure once our mine's up and running. And then we will use that uh, footprint and infrastructure to mine what we have next door uh, on the Tonguma concession. So we retain full ownership of our license, uh, the partners retain full ownership of theirs, but we have rights to mine uh, that project and, and that resource that sits on that property in perpetuity effectively, and the rights to uh, extract those diamonds and sell those diamonds. And what we would then do is we would pay back a revenue share for that privilege, if you like, uh, of 10%. There's a, a bullet payment uh, five years uh, from mine development uh, on top of that. Uh, but the good thing about this kind of structure is that there is no acquisition cost to Stella. Uh, we don't pay a dollar to take uh, that right uh, to mine those diamonds uh, going forward. All we do is we we invest into the development of, of uh, our project and, and obviously what goes into the ground on the other project. Uh, but part of the agreement is that we recoup that money first before we then start paying a, a revenue share out so we see this as uh, it's, a, it's a good structure for Stella and it's um, you know it's fairly I can't say low risk in terms of you know the financial risk but we get our money out before we start paying a, a royalty so you know I think that's a, a very positive uh, thing for Stella to have so looking forward to the mining plan then what are the next steps for the company yeah, well, over the next uh, two to three weeks, we're going to be concluding the uh, the two agreements that we're putting in place uh, for this structure. Uh, that's going to be basically the, uh, the 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 revenue share and the operating agreement. We will be full operators of of the project, so those are, are well advanced. We'll we'll be signing those off hopefully in the not too distant uh, future. There's a bit of legal work that we're just going to complete, um, and then the key is you know we're going to raise the first tranche of, uh, of funding to develop this mine. Um, we're in discussions with a strategic investor, we'll talk to shareholders and we'll talk to institutions as well 
uh, when the time comes and uh, hopefully be able to secure the necessary funding to get this mine up and running. Is there anything further that you would like to add there, Carl? Well, I think, you know, you know, you look at our market cap and you look at the value of the project. I think the market is obviously not appreciating the value uh, proposition here. And, um, you know, my, my take on that is, you know, I think you pointed out earlier that diamonds is uh, uh, not for everyone, of course. Um, but, you know, if you get the right project at the right time, they can be very, very lucrative. And, um, you know, I think it's for us to sort of better uh, communicate that uh, that message across that uh, this is going to be a game changer for Stella. What sort of timescale would you put on to sort of production and first sales if everything goes according to plan? If everything goes according to plan, we'll be in production within 12 months. Uh, we feel very confident of that uh, because of the the amount of spend that's been made on the projects, the infrastructure that's already there, the processing plant that is already there, and the nature of the resource, we could get into production uh, within uh, the 12-month period. And then it's basically a ramp up um, to full production, but it ramps up actually very quickly. And you know, so by the second year, for example, we'd be producing uh, well over 100,000 carats. In the third year, almost 200,000 carats uh, per year. And when you're talking values of 200 to 300 US dollars per carat, I think the numbers speak for themselves. Carl, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I look forward to following the story around Stella Diamonds in the future. My pleasure. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for your time.